this out. We are live. Okay, well, good evening, everybody, and welcome to the podcast, the Foundations Podcast today. I'm here with Pastor Paul, myself, and Cheryl Lockhart. Is it Bradshaw Lockhart? How do you like that? I, I just go by Lockhart. Lockhart's this is my Lockhart. Okay, Bradshaw Cheryl Lockhart. Okay. All righty, good, good, good. We are so blessed tonight to have Cheryl here as our guest. And tonight, the subject is going to be abortion, colon, this way I'm putting it, um, making the right choice, making the right choice. Now, we have a lot of talk in our world today about uh, making choices when it comes to abortion and women's rights and, uh, you know, pro-choice and this type of situation. And uh, when it comes to God, when it comes to the Lord, we, uh, and of course, we've dealt with this in podcasts before, right, Pastor? We've, we've dealt with uh, podcasts before on, on abortion. But what we've, we, we, when we went to the scripture, we know what God thinks about it, and it's murder, bottom line. And um, now, and, and the thing is that Cheryl has an incredible journey that she went through. And she's going to tell us about that uh, tonight. And then we're going to ask her some questions and all that. But I really want to uh, uh, tonight to be a time where she just digs in and just releases this testimony. I, somebody may be listening out there um, uh, on the podcast. And they're going to see this and they may be going through that decision process right now. So, uh, glory. Um, anyway, um, let, let, let me just kind of give you a, a rundown what we are really kind of excited about the podcast now because today <laughs> we literally have uh, in our last podcast have broken all records on viewership for the podcast we have now over 1500 we still got like two or three days left on this this thing's going to make 2000 viewers in this one week on these podcasts and and the last uh, what was the subject pastor what did we talk about last week uh, we talked about the blaspheming of the holy spirit blaspheming of the holy spirit and you know there are a lot of people that are bound by that there are a lot of people that that think they don't understand it so they think if they stub their toe or do something i mean they're gonna they're gonna get in trouble and uh and they don't really understand it we brought that out and uh, hopefully some people are receiving some uh, liberty from that from last week's uh, podcast and you know what the other thing I, I was noticing um it said over the last 90 days we have reached to 22 uh, people reached 22.3 thousand people have been reached by the podcast that's god that's nobody else that's not pastor we're not famous we're not you know or whatever that is god 
and that is God moving. So we're just going to let him do what uh, what he wants. So, all righty. Well, I tell you what, we have a, have a live audience, so y'all clap your hands to at least let them know that, uh, yeah, we do have a live audience. I'm not making this up here. So, um, okay. So Cheryl, welcome. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming here. And I'm going to reach into my bag of goodies. And I haven't given you one of these. This is the official foundation podcast Ooh, mug. Take that you. home with you. You know, put some hot chocolate right. or something in coffee. there. And I coffee. Would, <laughs> I would wash that. He uh, put his finger in there. So yeah, yeah, I did. You know, I'm sure it's clean. clean. You, probably, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you probably do want to wash that. <clears throat> it's been sitting in a bag for a long time. Okay. Anyway, um, all righty. Good. So, okay, Cheryl. <clears throat> You have gone through this process. You, you have a testimony here that talks to abortion. That, uh, that you, you had something happen in your life. You're going to tell us about it. But, but what I want to do is I want to start way back. I want to start three years earlier in what happened here. And let me make sure uh, the name Kelly was a friend at your Bible college. Okay, I, you know, we're not here to impugn Bible colleges or anything else like that. But at the same time, people make decisions and they, they affect other people. That's right. And I, I want you to go ahead. Tell us about Kelly. Okay. Well, first of all, I'm, um, I'm just so thankful that I have this opportunity. I've, um, it's, it's been a long time in coming. And can I make a confession right here now? Um, this is actually my first time to share my story in front of a live audience. And um, that's good and bad, I don't know. I mean, it, I, I think it's just all God's timing and God's timing is perfect. And uh, for whatever reason, now is the time. Um, but it's, it's been a long time and kind of this event happened to me over 30 years ago. And uh, so it's never too late if you're out there and you're wondering if it's that too much time has gone by, God can't use you, guess what? It's never too late. Um, I'm really hoping that that this is just the beginning and that God's going to open up doors, more doors. So I'm excited about that. So thank you so much for this opportunity. Um, so first of all, Kelly is not her real name. Uh, I just want to put that out there, that that is a fictitious name, because I, I don't want to take any chance of, of anybody. It's kind of like the television show, the FBI. Yeah. We have changed the names to protect it. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. So we're, uh, we changed her name. So, um, but, but this Kelly person was um, a young lady that um, I believe I was a sophomore, and she was a freshman. And we lived on, on campus in the dorms, and uh, she was situated nearby. I, I didn't, we weren't roommates, but she lived close to my room. And um, we weren't very close. I really didn't know her very well. Um, I don't recall even her last name, to be honest, today, and, and where she, I think she was from, kind of the, that area, but I'm not, I don't remember for sure. Um, and I just remember her reaching out to me one day and and just she just looked distraught and I approached her and was just you know are you okay and she just was very um, distracted and just emotional a little bit emotional and she's like I just I think I might be pregnant 
and um, young, I want to say probably around 19, 18, 19 years old. She's not very, not very old and, and I believe out on her own for the first time. So a lot of times, whether you're going to a Christian or, or a public school um, and you live on campus, I, I highly recommend it's an awesome opportunity. It's, it's really fun and, and so forth, but um, fresh out of mom and dad's home and, and you move on campus, all of a sudden you have this freedom and you have, you have these responsibilities and you get to make all your own decisions and it's, all, it's exciting. And, um, and so she chose to go to a party. Now, I don't believe it was really people of the school, I, I think, um, unless it was a mixture, but I had the impression that it was more friends and there might have been one or two people from the school, but, um, but it was a, a teenage type party. I don't know what all went on there. I, I wasn't there. Um, but I'm going to say drinking, and I have no idea if drugs were part of it or not, but I know drinking was, was definitely there. And don't know the details, but she ended up with a young man that she didn't know that she met at the party, and they had sexual intercourse. And uh, so fast forward a few, a few couple weeks later, um, she's feeling odd or whatever and starts feeling like maybe she's pregnant and she asked me to take her to get a pregnancy test done and so um, so we did that and at that time this would is this would have been in the 80s mm -hmm. that just aged me yeah. um, I'm not that old really yeah. <clears throat> um, we just keep out the, again yeah, yeah so this would have been in the 80s yeah. and uh, she went to the, the clinic and had her, her test done and, and uh, we didn't have cell phones obviously, I had to call back. She asked me to call back because she just was so nervous everything. So I called the clinic and uh, pretended to be her and asked for the results. This was a few hours later and they said, oh, sh you know, yes, you're, you are pregnant, you're about 10 weeks and at this clinic we, we don't do terminations beyond 11 weeks. So when would you like to um, schedule your termination? Just Wait, right, no, out no, the, right out the blue. Yeah, I want, I want to point out something. When, not do you want to, no, are no. you making it? This is when. When. That's leading. Yeah. But, now, is ahead. this Planned Parenthood? I believe it was. I, I, I don't remember for sure, to be honest, um, but I, I believe it was a Planned Parenthood. And it was definitely one like that. It was just like that if it wasn't exactly Planned Parenthood. So, um, and they, there was Planned Parenthoods back in the 80s in oh, Southern yeah. California. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yes, yeah, so, so I told her, um, she just broke down and cried, and, and they said, you know, you, you only have one week to do this in. And so now the pressure is on. And so she was very distraught and just was like, I, I, I can't tell my parent. Of course, my whole thought was, you know, to convince her not to and to try and find some support for her aren't your parents going to be there for you and she's no they can't know they they just can't know they'll just they'll disown me and I'll be by myself or whatever I, I didn't know a whole lot I didn't know what to say I, I didn't know of any resources back then um, I did go to a counselor on campus and didn't share her name or anything but tried to get some, I got some brochures about abortion and, and so forth to share with her and videos to watch so she would know what she was, 
what she was contemplating. She was definitely contemplating very strongly to have the abortion and uh, called upon my own, you know, youth pastor to pray and pray for us in this situation. She, she chose the abortion route. She did. She did choose that. And, uh, and it just, it was so hard. It was so, um, very emotional time. And I didn't want anything at first, at first I was like, hands off. I like, okay, I'm walking away. I don't, I, I can't be any part of this. I, I, I felt like it was going to somehow jump on me and I was going to become guilty <laughs> of, of having this child die. And, uh, but then I felt like, you know what? I, she needs me. She doesn't know that many people here. And she, she knows very well how I felt and, and so forth. And I wasn't supportive of it, but I'm supportive of her. And I wanted to support her as a, as a friend and be there for her no matter what her decision was. And, um, and that was probably one of the hardest things, one of the hardest decisions that I've made at that point, up until that point in my life was to be a part of that, and so you took you drove, I drove her. her. You drove I, her to yes, the clinic. Yes, she got financial help from somebody else. I didn't have that or offer that. I wasn't. I wouldn't have done that. But, but I took her there. I did not stay. I actually went and went to like a prayer meeting to pray with somebody about it while it was going on, and and then came back a few hours later to pick her up. And so. When I picked her up, she was just very distraught and, and crying and, and just falling apart. And all I could do was just, you know, tell her I loved her. She's, you know, that, you know, she's not condemned because of what she's done, that, that, that Jesus still loves her and is right there for her to, to walk her through. And I prayed for her. I know I did. And um and it was um i don't know if it was later that day or the next day but she was just not the same she was very much not herself and i just i just asked her you know what you want to talk about it you want to tell me what happened i really didn't want to hear the details but um if she want felt like she needed to get it off her chest i you know i wanted because she wasn't going to tell anybody else that and i couldn't tell anybody else yeah. that was going on so she shared with me you know, I, I don't remember the exact procedure. All I remember is that they they injected something into her veins that went into the baby and and terminated the pregnancy. And she just felt like it, it felt like fire. She said it just felt it was just so painful. And um, and there and there's probably other things that that went on. I don't really know, but but she was she was very regretful at, but at the same time i'm sure relieved because she didn't have to worry about the child or have to take care of the child but um i wish you know i had a way to keep in touch with her because she uh, left at the end of that quarter semester she just couldn't take it anymore and she was gone and i never heard from her again so, um, okay so so what, what what do you think when you're looking at her decision what do you think contributed to her making that decision to actually go through with this well i think it was mainly just you know the lack of support she felt that she was going to have from her family um i didn't know her family at all never met them but 
she just the way she described that her home situation was that that there would be no support that she would be left on her own to figure it out and um that they would just disown her and and not want anything to do with her so she, what she did because of that she went and had a procedure done where they injected her veins this microphone's going in and out um, they injected it into her veins and it went in and it basically burned that child out within her and killed that baby now we like to say terminate we use the terms terminate the pregnancy or uh, that type of thing, but when it comes down to thank you, well, yeah, this is working fine. When it comes down to 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 the bottom line here, we're talking about ending a life. We're talking about ending a life, a, a child's life. Now, first of all, when I look at that, I say, well, you, you had a heart. You, 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 I mean, you struggled with it. You talked with. Uh, youth pastors you prayed and all this about helping her or even being any part of the situation but the kid was alone she had nobody she had no support from her family i don't know that she would have support from the college at all have any support from her church people she had nowhere to go well i can speak to that as far as i didn't go to college where y'all went i went to southwestern and uh, at that time, uh, in the 80s, uh, if somebody would have, you know, admitted it to a counselor or a professor, um, she would have been expelled. Yeah, yeah. they would have kicked her out of school. Yeah, I mean, now, like yeah, I'm not saying this that way now, but, I mean, yeah, you're, you're in a pretty bad predicament at, at that point, especially in, in the early 80s like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I remember one person, I don't know where I heard this, somebody had said it, that uh, unfortunately the church, uh, the church is the, uh, the army of the Lord, the church army or whatever you want to call it, is the only army that shoots its own, uh, shoots its own wounded. Mm. And Especially it, back then, it just yeah. wasn't, it was just so ugly, you know, it was just so um, shaming and, and you know, people just didn't want to accept and they just point their fingers, you know, like, how could you, how could you, you're supposed to be a Christian, you know, you're going to a Christian school. So, well, first of all, I can't attest to her salvation. I'm not God. Mm -hmm. Just because she was at a Christian school does not mean that she was a Christian. That's true. I'll guarantee you there was lots of people there, on, you know, scholarships, like academic, not, well, possibly academic, but, but athletic scholarships and so forth that weren't Christians. Um, they were supposed to sign, you know, their, give their testimony and all that stuff to get in, but you know, people will do what they need to do. So, um, but definitely, you know, there was definitely, you know, parties going on, that things that happening even on a Christian campus that, that shouldn't be happening. Um, so, you know, I know that, that there was there was some Christian background in her life, but I don't really remember the details, but I know that she knew the Lord and had some kind of relationship with them. So I just all I could do is pray that she found some peace and, and was able to move on from that. 
you know, uh, and th this is this decision that people make. You said that how distraught she was. You're talking about you lost touch with her. She got out of college, and Lord knows where she went at the after that. My 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 thought is you had sent me something. All right, I'd seen something the other day of a, a interaction of a lady that was interacting to your uh, feed on Facebook or your uh, uh, message on Facebook there, uh, t telling about a lady that she knew who had had an abortion mm -hmm. and then she went on had what four kids four kids, yep. four kids after that but she still could not get over that one kid and that abortion she ended up killing herself she ended up committing suicide yeah. I mean the amount of torment the guilt uh, so uh, anyway <clears throat> But as we know, Jesus still loved her. Jesus loves her, loves her, and hopefully she's still around. And uh, and she found that God does love her, and Jesus still loves her. And there's forgiveness, and she can move on in her life as well. And that's why we de definitely, you know. And it's like I said, it's it's just people, you know. We, we have a tendency in the church to kind of be condemnatory, and oh, you did this, and you did this, not you know. And the thing is, is that we've all been there. We've all been in the wrong place at the wrong time. We've all made wrong decisions. We have all sinned. The Bible says, what does it say? All have sinned and, fallen short. and fall short of the glory of God. That's right. We're all in this. And uh, But anyway, let's let's move on. I, I want to get into your testimony here. So go, uh, go ahead and let's go three years into the future. And I want you to go ahead and tell us your your. Uh, what happened to you? Yeah, approximately three, maybe four years later, I was already um, graduated from college. Um, and I want to say it was a year after I graduated from college. So it may have been about four years later. Um, and I was, I was waitressing um, at a restaurant in Newport Beach, California. And um, I was still doing some things with school. I was working on a teaching credential, and um, in the fall, I was planning to do my student teaching, um, the last piece, the last piece of it, along with a couple classes, and um, and to ultimately be a teacher. So I um, was waitressing though, and uh, one of my roommates from college worked at the same restaurant with me, and uh, so we always had a good time. Uh, so one day, um, early spring, uh, this young man walks into the restaurant with his mom, um, and you know I don't you know for those that have worked in in the restaurant business or any kind of like service industry, the people that that work together are usually pretty tight, pretty close, pretty open, joking around, and you know having fun. And, uh, and I just remember this, this man was just really, really good looking. Like, I thought he was the best looking man I've ever seen. Like, that good looking. And I remember going to my girlfriends there at the, at the store, go, check out this guy, you know, oh my goodness, where's he gonna sit? Who's, who's gonna get to wait on him, you know? And being all excited and just like going, oh, like being, like I was nervous. Like I was like, he took my breath away. Okay. And I was like, oh, you know, and then when I realized he was sitting, at, he sat in my section, I was just, I, I just about froze. 
I just here I've been waitressing for years, you know, a handful of years, and and I was like 23. I wasn't really old, but um, I was about 23, and um, I saw this guy, and so I, I waited on him, and um, just a nice guy, kind of flirtatious, you know, and I kind of naturally do that too in response, but uh, found out that he um, was a model and did some kind of dancing. Now, I'm a Christian girl, you know, postgraduate, so I've had a few little experiences, but still not a super, like, I'm not a worldly person. And um, I uh, was like, what kind of dancing do you do? And he's like, well, um, male exotic dancing. And I'm like, male exotic dancing? Okay. And I'm like, only thing I can think of was Chippendale. <laughs> and I was like, you mean like Chippendale? And he's like, well, yeah, just like that, but not not that particular company. And I'm like, and I, I probably just blushed, like I couldn't believe what I was hearing. And uh, so to make a long story short, he invited me to come see a show. And at first I was just like, I can't do that. You know, that's at a club. And I have to be honest though, I had been to a club or two, literally just a couple when I was in school. and. And so forth, and it's fun, you know, but um, this was, seemed very worldly and like something I shouldn't do as a Christian. Um, but I was, it was interesting, it was intriguing for sure. And, um, and then he just left. So about a month later, he comes back with his mom again and uh, is specifically looking for me this time to sit in my section and and said he had come in a few times looking for me. And so now he's finding me and um, really after me to go to watch one of his shows. And so I hadn't really thought much about it. Didn't think I was ever gonna see him again. And uh, I decided, yeah, it might not be such a bad thing. And um, decided to ask one of my girlfriends that was a little bit more on the wild side and uh, I thought wouldn't be offended at me asking her to go. And uh, so I, we kind of made that plan. And at the last minute, my friend calls me and says, I have to work late and I can't make it. So are you going alone now? So I am going alone or yeah. I'm not going. But in my mind, I was way too curious and way, uh, I had already, you know, invested in my mind that this was the plan and I'm, I'm gonna go. And so um, I just figured I would go just for those couple hours and it'd be done seven to nine, gotta get home early, have to get up super early in the morning to open the restaurant. So I had this plan and I'm gonna stick to it. And even though I'm by myself, I should be fine because I'm a big girl and I can handle it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Alrighty, so you're a big girl. So I go to the, I go to the show and I go to the club, and it's a really hopping place. It's probably the most well-known club, I, I probably shouldn't say the name, uh, in, in that Southern California, Newport-ish area. And uh, so, I, um, my first impression was that it was super busy, it was probably, a, it was definitely a Friday night, and um, 
I go in and there's like this sunken area where they put chairs. It was probably normally a dance floor, dancing area, but they put these chairs in this area, part of it for people to sit. And then there was like a railing around and people standing around everywhere, you know, a couple hundred people at least. And, um, and so I just kind of followed the crowd and sat like in the back, the very back row, I think it was. And there was all these girls around and I said, I, I quickly figured out that they were part of a bachelorette party. And I was like, oh no, <laughs> there's somebody go. else, someplace else to sit, but there really wasn't, it was filling up fast. So um, I, I was there. So these guys start coming in and they're dancing in a, like a choreographed way and um, so together. And then one by one, they kind of came down into the crowd and did their thing. And, and of course took their clothes off because that's what it's all about. Um, down to almost nothing. And so I was just very uncomfortable, very, you know, blushing probably, had a dollar or two to use and to give away to him. And uh, these guys were just, you know, very worldly, very much trying to just earn their money. So one, finally, the guy that I came to see, we'll call him Matt, so that's not his name. But Matt came down and and I thought, is he even going to recognize me? You know, I'm in regular clothes. I'm not in my waitressing uniform. And he's probably, you know, maybe he doesn't even care that I'm here. And so, uh, but sure enough, he came over and gave me a little kiss in the cheek and whispered in my ear, I'm so glad you're here. And, and I was just like, wow, okay. And, um, and so I was like, okay, well, it was, you know, interesting show. <laughs> um, little embarrassed but I uh, enjoyed it I, I have to admit it was it was obviously um, something the flesh would enjoy and so after the show I was like well I'm just gonna go say goodbye and and be done so I go and say um, tell him you know it's nice to see the show and I really have to go and we'll see ya and okay. uh, so once we did that um, he asked me to stay and have a drink with him. And I said, well, I got a little bit of time, but I'm not drinking like alcohol, just have a Diet Coke. And um, so he put the pressure on, big time pressure, you know, oh, come on, you can have something, you know, you can have one drink, it's not gonna hurt you. And I'm like, okay, okay. So I did have one drink and um, he proceeded to, uh, you know, sweet talk me and just, I don't even remember the conversation. Um, but then he said, well, you know, I actually have another show I have to do tonight and I would like for you to come with me. And um, it's at, you know, this other club, it's about 30 minutes away and you can ride with me and, um, and we'll just have fun. And uh, boy, I was just, I was so flattered. Um, that I, I just, I just, I was like, I, 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 I didn't know what to say. I, I was like, uh, I was probably stammering kind of like I am now, you know, just, I was just blown away. I, I was, didn't know, I just didn't know what else to say other than sure. I, it just like came out before I even really can think. And right then, yeah. in my mind, in my, in my thoughts, it was like I heard this little voice actually say, if you go, you're going to get pregnant. 
So at that, at that point, now, what, what do you feel that that, at that time, did you recognize the voice? I mean, did you, what do you, who, who, how, do you feel that that was the Lord speaking to you, the Holy Spirit, what? At the time, no. No, I, it never even, <clears throat> it never even dawned on me or was a thought that that could have been God trying to speak to me. Um, I just thought it was just some crazy thought crazy in my head. Crazy idea, yeah. And and I remember thinking, that's a weird, that's a weird thought. What, where did that come from? That that can't that can't possibly happen. He's not interested in me like that. And um, way he's like way way out of my league. You know, he's just being nice and flirtatious. Um, and so I just brushed it off, and I was just like. That, you know, I didn't even stop to think about where that thought could have come from. Um, and so I actually went. I went with him and um, we went to this other club and he offered me another drink. And this was a, it was a pretty strong drink, um, to say the least. But I just had the one at the one club and one at the second club. And it was just him as a private, it was like him and one other guy that were just um, on their own, kind of doing their own thing. And um, at the end of his show, his little whatever, he handed me another drink. And I just started drinking that one and I was already kind of feeling a little off, little yeah. weird. We just, you sat there and talked and, and whatever, but I went, when I, when we got up to leave, cause now it's late, you know, it's like one, two o'clock in the morning. Um, I was, I, I felt really off and dizzy and, um, just like the room was kind of spinning and I felt like my muscles were kind of melting. Like it was like hard to to walk and I um, went to the restroom and came back and I remember I was I was like going down fast I was not feeling good and I told him I said I am something's wrong I'm not I'm not feeling good and um, I need you know help me to the car so he takes helps me to the car and gets me in the car and he gets in the driver's seat and and leans over and actually gives me a kiss and I'm like, you know, I, you know, I, I, I just, I just, just get me home, you know, or no. just get me to the other club. Not, my car was at the other club, and I yeah. was supposed to drive home. Now, now, let me ask you this: you, you said that you felt off, you could barely walk, this type of situation. <clears throat> do you feel that that was the effect of the alcohol, or do you think that he um, roofied you? I don't have any proof. I don't have any way of knowing for sure, Steve. Um, I, uh, I I never even thought about it at the time because um, I'd never been taught about about date rape drugs. Um, I did. I don't remember. I don't think I even knew they really were a thing that they really existed. So I, at the time, I just thought it, that it was just because of just because you've been drinking and it's drinking. just and we, uh, we hadn't been eating i hadn't <coughs> eaten anything mm -hmm. um i don't think i had dinner before i came i don't i don't recall having anything before i went um i definitely didn't have anything to eat at the, either one of the places so 
I just kind of figured it was because of the alcohol and the empty stomach. Um, but now I have a little bit more experience. And so as far as how alcohol works, you study up and see effects of other people and a little bit of my own. And I, there's just no way that I would have on two and maybe a quarter drinks of, over, over, like over probably a three up. or four hours span yeah. of time. Mm -hmm. um, would I have felt that way? And okay. so I, I'm, I'm pretty convinced that whether he directed it, did it himself, or had somebody else, or you know, I can't say, really accuse him directly. Um, but I believe that there was something put in the drink. Okay. Yes. Alrighty. So uh, by the time, pretty quickly, I like passed out in the car, fell asleep, whatever, and um, got back to the other the other club to get my car and I needed to use the restroom and and so he um, got me back into the place and just to do that and I, I but I was in no, no shape to drive and I told him I've got to get something to eat something I can't drive like this so he agreed to take me to like Denny's it's open 24 hours and um, to get something to eat and I passed out again in this car Next thing I know, we're at his apartment instead of at the restaurant. And um, never been there before. And um, we're pulling up and I'm like, you know, where are we? And he's like, well, I've got five shows to do tomorrow and I've got to get to bed. I, I don't have time for this. And you can just sleep on my couch and we'll, we'll get your car in the morning. And uh, I'm like, okay, but I was, I was so out of it that he practically had to carry me. I, I was barely able to walk with his help and um, into the apartment. And before we know it, um, he's helping me get comfortable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and, um, and so, <laughs> I, I don't know if you want to go into it, but basically, he raped you. Yeah, I mean, I ha I'm going to be honest that you know it wasn't like he hurt me or that he was slapping me around or punching me or anything like that. Not not a violent situation at all. Um, not even close. But um, I do remember telling him, you know, you know, asking what are you what are you doing and and. Why are you doing this? And and he's like, well, nobody says no to me. I, I specifically remember that. And I'm like, well, I am. And he's like, oh, come on, you know you want it. And you know, and then just proceeded. But I was not in any any position to fight fight it. Well, no, and you I were felt, helpless. and I'm gonna be honest, I, I felt like I met, I probably <clears throat> deserve it. I, I did. I felt like, you know, I put myself in this situation. I'm the one that chose to go by myself. I'm the one that agreed to go to the second club. I'm the one that uh, chose to drink the alcohol. I'm, you know, so many decisions that I made that led up to this happening. And I mean, yes. Um, he didn't have Pastor, to do, he did, do you but. do you think that okay we make decisions we make these bad decisions but does anybody deserve to be raped no no they do not 
and uh, this guy was a predator. Well, also, when you said there was no violence, the reason there wasn't is because they drugged you. That's violence itself. Yes. Uh, that's why that's why these things happen because they don't want to leave any evidence that it was anything other than consensual. But but it was rape. Yes. And you know, I I never really, I didn't think of it as um, as a rape experience for years. I just I looked at it like. I made, I was guilty, I made a mistake, and that he just took advantage. Um, the few people that, you know, I shared some of the story with or whatever back then, I, I just, I never said, you know, I was, that I was raped or anything. Um, because I just, I didn't know. I didn't know that that's what it was. I didn't know that, that when somebody forces themselves on you and it's somebody that you kind of know in this sense a date rape um, and I don't know that date rape was even a term then to be honest mm -hmm. but, um, but uh, it, it, it's it a, yeah and it's a term that's used to try to take some of the the, uh, the effect kind of, or steam off of the word rape yeah. that's rape it's, there's no date rape it's rape date rape is 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 you is usually with somebody that you know you know so like two people go on a date or like in this case this wasn't really a date we just met up at great to meet at the place and and you know we're there for a little bit and we're supposed to leave you know and um i barely knew him you know i, I didn't even really know him i mean just a few minutes at a restaurant two times and and here you go so i i didn't know anything about his background his life his family you know i yeah. know that he does that for a living um but yeah there was there was, it was more like an acquaintance kind of situation but you're right um it wasn't until years later that i think when i, I was sharing my experience with somebody and they said you know you were raped yeah and i was like what yeah yeah yeah, and they, that just brought <clears throat> everything back. And I just started thinking, no, that can't be. You yeah, know, you, that, you, it's, that, it's hard that to happened find. to me, you know, and yeah. Um, yeah. Now, when okay. did you find out you were pregnant? So, a um, couple weeks later, I actually flew out here to Texas to visit a friend. And um, I didn't, um, I, it was about my time for my cycle to happen and it wasn't happening didn't happen and i pretty was pretty regular so i had shared kind of what happened because now i'm starting to get nervous and um and she's like well let's go let's go get a pregnancy test let's let's get let's get the answer let's get it done let's figure it out we'll figure it out and she was a christian and um, so we, we went to the store, bought a pregnancy test, and it was negative. And I was like, oh. but I was only like a day or two late, you know, yeah. something like that. It wasn't much. And I, but I did feel so relieved. And so I was like, okay, okay. And so I was only there a couple more days and I left, came home and um, another week goes by, still nothing. And I'm starting to really get nervous again. And 
Um, so that friend that was supposed to go with me that night, I called her and I said, um, you know, will you, will you go with me to the, the family planning clinic, we called it, and, and let get a pregnancy test done. And um, so she's like, okay. So she actually went with me. And now all of a sudden, as I'm going to this place, I'm like, this place is familiar. And I'm like, I hadn't thought about my friend Kelly. Yeah. Uh, all, all this time. And, but now I'm going to this clinic to get a pregnancy test done. Mm -hmm. And so all of a sudden, all of these memories of what I went through with her came rushing back. And I was just like, it was so heavy. It was just like, wow, yeah. this is not happening to me. This cannot be happening to me. One thing I haven't said yet is that my parents were pastors. They yeah. were actively senior pastors of a church at the time. But I was living with them. Mm -hmm. And and I was like, this 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 is not good. This is this cannot be happening to me. My parents think I'm like an angel. <laughs> yeah. Um, I had him a little snowed, but you know. So I um, went to the clinic, had that done. Again, had to call back later for my results. I called for my own results. And again, it was like the same thing four years later. Um, so Miss Bradshaw at the time. Um, at this time, you your results are positive. You're pregnant. At this time, and I and I remember thinking, what do you mean at this time? I, I had no idea what she was setting me up for. At this time, and yeah. she said, at this time you are pregnant. And the very next thing was, when would you like to schedule your termination? Again, well, you got your answer there in the next statement. When do you want to schedule your termination? These people are not asking, well, do you want to have the kid and all that? They are pushing, pushing death. towards abortion. Yeah, they're pushing death. So I just said to her, well, I would, I'm not going to be doing that. Goodbye. And I just hung up. But in myself, I was just like, it's just, can't be that no this, so, this well, what be was going me. through your mind at this yes, point? yes you know? I, I was just i was very much distraught so and actually right then is when i had another flashback can you guess what that flashback was what kelly no, no. the holy spirit which uh, i didn't recognize telling me you're gonna get pregnant yeah you know cheryl you mentioned a, a scripture and, uh, and and the Lord was faithful when uh, He communicated that to you. And uh, it's found in First Corinthians ten thirteen when it says, "No temptation has overtaken you, uh, such as common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able. But with the same temptation, uh, will make a way of escape that you'll be able to bear it. And that's what the Spirit of the Lord was trying to do. Don't go. If you go, you'll get pregnant." Yeah. And uh, and we don't, and, you know, in, in, in that, I would assume that your your background was a lot like mine, probably a lot of a lot of preaching, not a lot of teaching of uh, 
basic concepts of discipleship. You know, one of the most basic things is how to how to hear God's voice. I mean, how yeah. to know the Spirit of God's leading you. I mean, the Apostle Paul wrote about that very clearly in Galatians, and uh, and you know, and when you don't have a you know, well, how how would he lead? What would that look like? And uh, and and that was the leading of the Holy Spirit. Now mm-hmm. that's not trying to bring shame on you, sure. because there's probably not yeah. anybody that's watching this that's a believer that has not had the Lord communicate something to you. You just misunderstood it or whatever. You just and, don't want to believe it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just like no, that couldn't be yeah. real. And all of a sudden, yeah. wow, it's real. It's real. But yeah. he did. You were tempted in that temptation. He spoke to you, communicated yeah. something to you. And I, I want to say, you know that's the first time that that i remember i mean like it wasn't audible but it was audible in my head it was like so clear i i just i remember it this has been 32 years now and 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 i it's like i could still hear it in my head today and it was like we need to recognize that when when a thought comes to you as a Christian, especially, and and especially if it's something that's out of the ordinary, <laughs> that's probably the Lord speaking, yeah. you know. And um, and I just and but here you have to understand, you know. I mean, obviously, I was I was young. I was I was being tempted. I was definitely um, struggling with lust after this man there's no no question about that and um satan recognizes that is going to use every trap everything he possibly can to to trip us up and um my self-esteem wasn't that great um i i hadn't been in very many relationships leading up to this i hadn't had very many um like boyfriends no i don't know that i really had a boyfriend even at this time i dated a few guys and um nobody ever seemed to feel the same way that i felt for them and and so it wouldn't last long or whatever you know they just would move on and i just so i felt like you know i would i must be undesirable and i must not be that pretty i must um i wasn't you know i was only a little overweight then and but i felt like i was you know i must be bad i must be ugly because nobody seemed to want to to really and and then when this angel of light shall we say yeah (laughs) uh decided to pop on the scene you were it was it was easy to fall into it yeah i mean uh, curiosity got me you know um just feeling something you know like like I'm, cur- I'm just curious. You know, he's he seems to be interested, and and you know he's super good looking. And yeah. how in the world could this person be flirting or be interested in me? It's just not possible. And and that was just part of my low my low self esteem and my low regard for myself and not believing that I was worthy um, of a man to love me and accept me and. Uh, value me for who I was I I hadn't experienced that yet and um, and so when you're in that situation it's easy to just take the easy stuff that comes and even though I knew that he probably wasn't a Christian and 
you know, this is not the lifestyle of a guy that I would want to be dating, but it, to me it was, I wasn't looking at dating him, yeah. honestly. I was just curious about the whole, you know, situation and, and so forth. So it's a lot of that curiosity gets the cat kind of thing. You know, I was, yeah. I was falling into that, that curiosity and testing the waters, you know, um, testing, trying new things that I hadn't done before and uh, trusting. I was very naive, very trusting. Um, just okay. didn't expect somebody to take advantage. Okay. So let's jump into the future here. And you, you've had the test. They tell you that you're pregnant. Now, what are you, what are you feeling there? And uh, well, somebody's going to find out about this, right? What I noticed too is your conversation with them was, uh, no, I'm not going to have an abortion. And so what made you decide that? I mean, because you had the same issue that Kelly had and uh, she made a wrong decision. What made you make that decision? Well, I, I think my, my, my strong church background, you know, had a lot to do with that. Um, just, you know, I did love the Lord, I, even though I, I made some bad decisions, choices at night, didn't mean that I didn't love the Lord. I, I grew up in, you know, a church much like this one and, and um, went to kids camps and youth camps and missionette camps and, and um, really experienced the power of God at a young age and um, knew that I loved the Lord, you know, and, and so I, I, I just, I, I don't know, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things that, that I just felt that I just, I couldn't do. I just could not. And I, and I had a feeling, um, even though it was going to be hard to tell my family or share this with my family. And I, ha I, at first I wasn't even wanting to contemplate that because I hadn't even accepted the fact that I was pregnant. So I, after that, after that positive result, I went to uh, a store and, and bought one. I don't know why I didn't the first time, but I guess I didn't want to spend the money. And uh, and I and I did another test, which showed to be positive, and that wasn't good enough for me. I made an appointment to see my doctor, and I I was like, you know, the doctor's results that'll 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 be it. You know, three times a charm. If the doctor says I'm pregnant, then I must be pregnant. And I went to the doctor by myself and. Did and I asked her, can I watch you do the test? You know, and I don't think they normally do that, but we did do that. And she's like, sure, you know, because I, I wanted to make sure. I, I couldn't see the Planned Parenthood, whatever it was, their results, right? Maybe they were lying to me. That's it was like, this has got, this can't be true. And so I did my own, and, and I was like, well, this is probably faulty, or, you know, I've heard of false positives or whatever can't be true right but if the doctor does it and it's a blood test or something you know then it's got to be true right so and i and i don't remember what kind of test it was but i did that and sure enough it was yeah. positive yeah. and so i i was so i was very distraught and i was all i could think of was how in the world am i going to tell my parents who are pastors who don't even know 
that their daughter would do anything like this. And so um, I didn't tell them at first. It was, it was a few weeks and I'm like, you know, I'm not very far along, so it's gonna be a, mu a couple months probably before I start showing. And, uh, but it was a, such a heavy burden and, and so forth on me. I shared it with my sister-in-law Okay. And my brother was the associate slash youth pastor under my dad. And I shared um, part of the story, not the whole thing, with my sister-in-law and, and told her that I was, had showed up pregnant. And I begged her not to tell my brother. Um, but of course, you know, she has to do that. Yeah, that didn't work. Yeah, so she yeah. tells my brother, and but not with me there, and I didn't know that she told him. And a few days later, they came over um, our house, my where I was living with my parents, and they came over for dinner. And I saw my brother walk in out in the back with my dad, and I thought it was kind of odd, but I really didn't think anything of it. And um, I think I was helping my mom do laundry, fold laundry, whatever watching some TV and they come in and and my dad's eyes are just glossy and red and like he'd been crying and my dad was not a crier and I, I was like oh no <laughs> he I didn't even know my brother knew but I, I knew I just knew by the looks on their faces that he had shared that news with my dad and um, so my dad walks in and tells my mom, you know, turn off the TV. Um, Cheryl has something to tell you. <laughs> Cheryl has something to tell you. He was going to make you tell her. Yeah. And uh, so I was, I was just like, oh my goodness. Um, yeah, that my mom was such a sweet lady. Both my parents are with the Lord now. Um, but they really love the Lord, and um, I know that they kind of had me up on a pedestal a little bit. And uh, that day, the pedestal was going to fall. Yeah. And uh, so I just told my mom, I just said, I, I don't know how else to tell you this, but I'm pregnant. Um, and so right away, you know, tears kind of started flowing with all of us and, and, and we just gathered around in a circle and, and right away, um, they immediately just said, we're gonna be here for you. We're gonna help you through this. We're gonna get through this and let's pray. And um, I, I wanna say, you know, it, it wasn't all rosy and, you know, chocolate from there on no, of course not. Uh, I still went through four or five more months of of just torturing myself and feeling so guilty and so ashamed and so um, worthless and like my whole life was over and like I'm I really had ministry aspirations I, I wanted to get involved in missions and and so forth and i just felt like all that was going to be is gone nobody's going to want anything to do with me now and um i uh, contemplated i actually did i didn't i never contemplated um abortion but i did contemplate adoption and um probably for a day maybe two mm -hmm. um 
But for me, I didn't feel like I had the support of my family. And so I, I didn't feel like I could, I could bear to give my child up and not know, you know, yeah. what was going to happen. So, so um, we kept him. Is your life over? I'm still here. Okay. Um, and uh, there's some pictures that we have floating on the uh, slideshow up there. You tell us about those pictures. So that one is my little guy, um, just a week or two, a couple weeks after he's born. That one is right out of the hospital. That's his little hospital picture. So I had a little boy um, and uh, named him Sean Matthew. That is his real name. Mm -hmm. And he, um, and it means gift from God. And I tell you what, um, he really is. He really was a gift. And, there's, I have to tell you that there was a shift that happened um, somewhere around when I was about seven months pregnant. My mom sat me down one day and, and did the not only motherly, but pastor's wifely kind of thing. And so Cheryl and my sister-in-law was like, they're worried. They're like, you know, you gotta, you gotta take a chill pill because uh, I was just so distraught and crying a lot. And just, yeah. And my mom said, Cheryl, you've grown up in church and you've known and you've seen and you've seen the power of God and you felt the power of God and you know that God's not going to leave you or forsake you. He's not going to just, you know, let you suffer and dwindle and not be taken care of. And your family's here and we love you and we're going to make sure you're okay. And um, you got to remember that, that God's going to take what Satan meant for evil and turn it into good, just like yes. he did with Joseph. Yep. And we talked about that a little bit, and we talked about the scripture, Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans for you to give you hope and a future. Yes. And, yeah. and that is like what really got me through, and, and I was like, oh, okay, yes. I, I, don't, I was just like not, I was so caught up in my own emotion and my own, it was like selfish to, to think, you know, my life is over. My plans are going to change. My, my, my. And, and I'm like, yeah, they're going to change. But you know what? That doesn't mean that they're going to be terrible or bad or, yeah. you know. Um, but you, you see, they're, they're, yeah. they're, you know, we talked about making the right choice. When you make the right choice, sometimes there are things that there's a cost. There's a cost uh, to it. Yeah. Um, okay, let, let's say uh, we're going to kind of wind down here, but what advice would you give? Say if there's young ladies out there listening today or what have you that are in your situation or will be, be were in the situation that you were in. Mm -hmm. And um, what, what, what advice would you give on how to handle the situation? Well, I, I would say, you know, it's, it's every situation is different. Everybody comes from different backgrounds, for sure. Um, nowadays, people are definitely more fortunate. There's so much more support. There's so many um, crisis pregnancy centers around. Um, every good-sized town and city is going to have at least one, if not several. And, um, that are not going to steer you towards abortion. They're not going to steer you towards abortion. Yeah. They're, they're, you know, some of them are more are more equipped than others. Some will 
allow you to have you know ultrasounds and and um, you know classes. A lot of them teach, most of them teach classes, if not all of them, some kind of classes to help prepare you to to be a parent. Um, a lot of them have little little boutique stores, and you can earn like little you know baby bucks or whatever to to get diapers and mm -hmm. and so forth and but programs they're all helping kinds there of stuff. they're supporting and a lot of churches offer you know have little pantries and, mm -hmm. and stuff like that too there's so many resources out there today there is no reason to think that you could would ever have to be alone even if your family was not going to support you um, there's there's so many programs and so many resources out there that would at least um, help you get through the pregnancy and get you maternity clothes and and yeah. food and whatever mm -hmm. you know some some places really go to stream and help with cars and jobs and all kinds of stuff even a place to stay yeah. and if you look if you really try you're gonna find a lot of people out there willing to help you even though they don't know you at all yeah. and um, well you know in uh, one of the a guy that uh, went to college with back many 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 years ago he said you know with this recent decision to reverse Roe versus Wade he said the church really needs to step up yeah. and the, the church really needs to step up and help uh, to be there to be an assistance to be supportive and because you don't want them going the way that Kelly went. You don't want them doing that. And, and, and uh, the torture, the, the guilt, the feelings, and God knows what happened to her. Uh, hopefully, you know, we pray that she found some support, some people that would, you know, pray with her. The Lord still loves them, uh, a person. If, you, if you've had an abortion, God still loves you. Um, and you, you, you need to have your life repaired by him. Pastor, you had a verse, that this verse out of Psalms. I want you to read this verse here. And it talks, speaks to what God thinks about children. Yeah, this is out of a, uh, Psalm 139, verse 13. It said, for you formed my inward parts. You covered, you covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret, and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. And your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in a book they were all written, the days fashioned for me, when I, when as yet there were none of them. God considers a fetus or whatever in the in the womb he considers that a child if we terminate its life whatever you want to call it we call it murder we call that uh, and he uh, we, we already we we talked about this we've had other uh podcasts about it we've been talking about this but this is this is a first-hand experience with this, and you made a right choice. You, well, well, let me ask you. No, I'm, let me ask you. Do you feel that you made the right choice? I do. In fact, this picture, uh, this one here, is uh, about two and a half years later. I met a young man uh, who was a Marine, and um, in California there, and we got married. Mm -hmm. 
And um, this picture of us sitting at a table is him adopting my son. And um, he was probably about three and a half, four or something at that time. Yeah. And uh, and took him in as his own as his own child. And to this day, you know, he still um, fathers him and doesn't think of him as anything else but his his own. And um, and so I'm I'm so grateful and blessed that that he was able to do that. That was my first husband. Now, um, this last picture is only four pictures that are rotating. Yeah, um, is a picture of Sean grown with his wife and beautiful daughter, our granddaughter. Mm -hmm. And um, and so as you can see, life does go on and it can be beautiful it can be a blessing and it's all what we choose to make it you know, i chose to make the bad decisions i turned around and chose to make some good and i i don't regret for one moment was it was it tough it was tough it was tough being a single parent um and but it was uh it just made me grow and get stronger and i'm i'm so grateful that i made the decision that i did um, to have that beautiful baby boy. Mm -hmm. Oh, great. Pastor, have thoughts? Well, you know, uh, that, that's a blessing. I, I can't tell you the women that I've talked to that had an abortion, and they all say the same thing, and uh, I killed my baby. And, you know, there is forgiveness. Absolutely. And we always try to help anybody. We don't punish people just because they did that. But we do need to celebrate everyone that was courageous enough to say, you know what, God's going to help me through this. I am not going to murder my child. I'm going to give birth to that child. And, uh, and so God bless you for that. Thank you. Okay. Well, Cheryl, thank you for coming and sharing your testimony with us here on the podcast. Um, I'm going to ask you, would you say a prayer for those maybe out there that may be contemplating or in the valley of decision at this point and as we close the podcast today? Absolutely. Lord Jesus, I just thank you, Lord, once again for this opportunity to share my story. And I just hope that it was a blessing uh, to anybody's ears who hear this, whether it be live or in the future. Father, that... Um, that your word will go out, that your anointing will go out, that that the ears will be open that need to hear this message and will be quick to understand um, what it is that we're trying to convey here, that, that you are a God of love, not of condemnation, that you love and um, that that all we have to do is come to you and say, Lord, you know, I'm sorry and please forgive me. You know, those two little phrases and and we are saved and we just have to believe that you are the son of God. And Lord, we just are so grateful for what you did for us on the cross. And we're so grateful that we live in a time today where there's a lot of a lot of help, a lot of resources, a lot of places open and willing to to help us. Um, anyone that finds himself in a situation and I just. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you that your Holy Spirit is there to lead and guide and to um, walk us through and open up doors and, and speak to our hearts. And 
Um, we just are so grateful for that and just pray, Lord, that anybody that's out there that's that's hearing this story, that that they will just be encouraged and blessed and know that that um, they don't have to um, kill their child, that that there is other things that that can help them in, in either raising themselves or, or, or putting up for adoption. Um, Lord, we know that that you are with them right now and that you're going to speak to their hearts and that you're going to show them the right way, Father, that you're going to open up doors and you're going to provide the provision, Lord Jesus. And we just thank you, Father, for that provision. And we thank you for that peace that surpasses all understanding. And I pray for that peace upon anyone that's listening right now that that is just in turmoil, that just doesn't know what to do, that doesn't know where to go, that you'll just start opening up those doors and opening up their mind and their heart and, and that you'll just give them peace right now from the top of their head to the soles of their feet and that you'll provide a way, Father. We just thank you, Father, for that. And we give you all the glory and honor and praise that's due you. In your wonderful, precious, holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Every, uh, Pastor, final thoughts. Well, uh, you know, we just need to make the right decisions. And the right decision is to follow the Lord. Yes. And my final thought was, you know, thank God for the Holy Spirit. Yes. Because as Cheryl uh, shared, God did speak to her. He did lead her. And, uh, and that's one of the reasons why we need to make sure that we're a part of a good Bible-believing church and, mm -hmm. and, uh, and obviously drawing close to God in prayer, taking time in the Word to renew our minds with it. Because then we have a way to measure anything that we feel like God's leading us on. That's right. And, uh, you know, because the Word of God is a plumb line. It's, it's what we, you know, look at as it relates to anything that I feel like I received from God. And, uh, and we all do make mistakes. I mean, I've made them. I've, I've had God do this. I'd like to think I'm a whole lot better at it now than I was when I was 18. Yeah. <laughs> I think when we all start out, when the beginning of it, it, it it's so foreign to us. But, uh, but you know, just, uh, you know, if, if you really feel like the Holy Spirit speaks to you about something, especially when you said something a little out of the ordinary, you wouldn't yeah. expect him that. And, uh, and it was something about the future. So, but, you know, uh, if you don't understand it, go talk to somebody about it mm -hmm. before yeah. you go against it. That would be my best, best advice. Yeah, yeah. God speaks to us and he guides us. He, he also turns everything around. I think I remember, I remember Romans eight twenty eight. God works all things together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. And Cheryl, thank you for coming and sharing this uh, with us. Audience, thank you for being here. Can you just give uh, Cheryl a hand for that? Uh, That's just wonderful that she come and uh, share this. And next week we'll be back again and we're going to start meddling again. Yes, we will. And we're going to start meddling, uh, talking about temptation next week. Anyway, y'all be blessed. Thank you for tuning in and we will, uh, we will be with you next week. God bless you. <laughs>